Welcome to Frickity Frack. We do talk back. Thank you for joining us in this episode. Hello, my name is Patrick and I'm Frack. Hello, my name is Jeff and I'm Frick. Frickity Frack, we do talk back is a show airing uh, where we discuss different aspects of fandom and how they relate to the gospel. Now, we are currently going through the second half of the second season of My Hero Academia, and we connect each each episode with lessons and teachings from the Bible. Now, just as many of you are, we are also fans of other things as well. So when we are finished with the second season of My Hero Academia, we'll go in a different direction and we're going to look and we can look at anything ranging from anime, comics, video games, movies, or honestly, just anything we're fans of. We got the name of the show from our father who dubbed us Frick and Frack since we were kids. So this episode of My Hero Academia is entitled Gear Up for Final Exams. Uh, so the show starts on a talk show discussing uh, how heroes are dressed and uh, their uniforms. And Midnight and Mount Lady are the guests, and they are specifically there to discuss uh, prov- how provocative uh, hero uniforms can be. And uh, this is all being watched by Mineta at home and where Midnight and Mount Lady start fighting each other. Uh, so then we get to the rest of the show, the episode, uh, and Aizawa announces that finals are starting and that passing finals allows them to go to a special uh, training camp that they all want to attend together. Uh, he explains that there'll be a written exam, but there also will be a practical exam. And as the students freak out over the academic side, a bunch of the students come together to study at Yaoyorozu's house. Uh, and so the students later break for lunch and Monoma uh, comes over to harass them because Deku and the others had come across the hero killer and tells them they are only in the spotlight because they only cause trouble. And then Kendo knocks him out for being a jerk. Uh, Kendo tells them an older student uh, said that uh, the final was fighting robots and the students get pumped about it. Bakugo chastised them and then uh, for not taking it seriously enough and then challenges Deku and Todoroki saying that he'll come out on top. Uh, Aizawa is listening during all this and notices that Bakugo is in fact getting worse of a personality. Uh, the students realize that Yagirozu is super wealthy when they get to our house to study. And so the student, we get a montage of the students studying um, and then starting their written exams. And that uh, takes place over three days and finishes. Uh, and then they go to uh, an arena and the teachers are all there waiting for them to start the practical exam. Uh, They find out that it's not robots, but instead that they'll be pairing up with a predetermined partner to fight one of the teachers. Uh, One of the biggest shockers for everybody is that Midori and Bakugo are paired together to fight all night. 
A flashback shows the teachers discussing the practical exam and how they need to change it up because of the way society is changing because of STAIN. Um, they get the explanation that the exam will be 30 minutes where they will have to either capture the teacher or run away to win. And the teachers explain why both of those options are valid for determining success. Midori and Ochako uh, watch the tests begin because both their partners are not interested in strategizing. Uh, Kirishima and Sato are the first, and they are paired against Cementos, and they charge forward to, uh, to take him out, breaking through his cement. Uh, Midoriya realized the students were pitted against teachers that they would have a hard time against, and that the only way for them to win was to overcome their weaknesses to beat the teacher. Kirishima and Sato lose, and then Asui and Tokoyami start against ectoplasm. So the next couple episodes of this are also among my favorite. Like I really enjoy these episodes. Um, especially, I, I very genuinely enjoy the episodes that take place at the school and give us an opportunity to see more of the students or the, as Bakugo would refer to them, the extras. Um, you know, so like, like for instance, e even in just this, this brief episode, we hear Yaoi Rozu talk more. Um, we hear Sato talk more and, um, and tentacle, we hear tentacle talk a little bit too. Um, so it's, it's just one of the things that's enjoyable about this, ep these, these episodes is that, and then not only that, we get to see them in action more, um, I know we got to see them a little bit in action after they came back when they did that episode involving them coming back from the internship and they were doing that race, but it was very brief and it was intentional because they wanted to, wanted to save like how they've been improving uh, for this, for this aspect. So I get it. Um, so it's, it's really great to see it. And uh, I do, before we start getting into more of it, I uh, more of what happened in the episode, I do want to talk about how, uh, the at the very beginning of the episode with the discussion between midnight and mount lady and how their uniforms are and uh because this is actually something that's been that is a prevailing issue throughout comic books whether it's like super whether it's like superhero comic books or anime and, and manga um is how and and what's brought up more often than not is in particular is how the female characters are dressed and how their outfits tend to be very revealing. Um, so it's, it was really, it was a really interesting discussion and it was actually kind of, I, I found it kind of interesting that, that midnight was actually even, even able to justify her costume or, or in, like in, in, during the interview, they bring up how, when she first showed up, on the hero scene she didn't really have much of a costume at all oh yeah yeah but <laughs> but i mean it's like but when you think about what her power is is her power is based off of uh, a pheromone that emits from her skin so it's makes sense that like in order for her to be effective she would need a somewhat revealing costume and so that's one of the things she, that she brings up as a valid point is it's like well when it's you know sometimes outfits aren't always 
just about an, an aesthetic. It's about function. And so if you're for our, for your quirk, if it's your uniform is too restrictive, restricted by your quirk, then you're going to be less effective as a hero. So again, it, it makes sense. And it's like, it's understandable. Um, although it, it's, it's funny that like, if you watch some of the stunt stuff, like if you watch like, uh, some of the stunt stuff for like Marvel movies, that sort of stuff. Like uh, the the thing that like really the one that the, the one that actually comes to mind to me the most is actually the first X Men movie, um, where all of the adult uh, mutants are wearing these like tight um, black leather uniforms, and they're they've just landed from the Blackbird and they're attempting to. Uh, uh, like they're they're just needing to step over a ledge and Hugh Jackman uh isn't able to even like lift his leg up enough and actually winds up slipping and falling because the uniform the way that the uniform is designed is not very function it's not very function friendly um so it's just funny that like the way that we see most heroes the way that they were the way that they're dressed is actually generally not usually all that effective anyways and probably not how people would be dressed if superheroes genuinely did exist um yeah and that's so and that's one of those interesting things how when when tv shows and and super and comic books and things like that give us the origin of their uniforms like i love you know in the the flash tv show we we find out how barry gets his suit and things like that um and then green arrow or you know Oliver Queen's costume in the Arrow TV show um, originally is very practical um, and very functional for the most part. I'm sure there's some tight leather tightness issues in it as well. Um, just as, you know, as Jeff was referring to from the X-Men movie. Um, but it's one of those things that like, it, you know, for the most part, his suit, you know, made sense. And um and you know and, and this is a this is a difficult thing when we talk you know it's i'm glad they pointed out because that's actually like in the real world because we discussed that with comic book characters and stuff too you know like they we you know we discuss like you know should this person really be dressed this way because like do you have to dress this person in this kind of uniform um a really great example is I mean, there's tons, um, but like Wonder Woman's uniform, um, her uniform has stayed the same for the most part, but there's been minor cosmetic changes over the years and where um, she was basically just wearing, um, uh, a ba you know, basically a bathing suit. Um, I mean, Carol Danvers, her her uniform was that way. Her costume was the same way too. And now, but she's in this much more, you know, it's still, you know, revealing and stuff like that, but it's a lot less like prone for that kind of stuff because they added the armor skirt, but it, but it, but the uniform makes sense now the way they designed it to fit the, the greek culture like it make it actually makes sense and i i mean i really like the the uniform and it's and it was 
you know, made this way a lot because of the movie and, um, and stuff like that. And so I actually, but I really like her current uniform with the, I don't even know how to describe the skirt that warrior skirt, I guess is the best way I can describe it. Um, and I actually really like that, that look, because it makes sense for women warriors to be, have this kind of uniform, um, so, so this would be something that would be t- totally talked about um and if this was real like people would be like you know should you be dressing that sexy as a superhero aren't you supposed to be a role model but you know the midnight comes up with uh well it's practical for my quirk and how i function as a hero so right and you know and one thing too that i'll bring up is i've um uh, there's this a conversation i had with um this was several years ago and um one of my female students in my campus ministry was you know a a little intrigued by comics so i actually gave her and you know so like and at the time it was the at the time that this discussion happened that she was wanting a little bit of information because so many people in my ministry were really into green lantern uh, and it was leading up to the Blackest Night storyline. So she's just kind of looking for a little bit of information. So I actually gave her the, um, to to just to read, I, I gave her the Blackest Night number zero issue, which actually, it breaks down each of the different versions of uh, Lantern Corps there were. And she even made a comment of not referring, uh, now the, the biggest offenders of uniform issues for the of the lanterns are the star sapphires because it's an all-female uh group and their uniforms tend to be pretty revealing she even made a comment about the other lantern cores and with the men it was just like oh you know what i maybe need to start reading some comics because look at look at the male heroes too they're all jacked like you know they're they have you know they're they're they have abs on their abs and it's not like they're not wearing skin tight uniforms either. They're, you know, they're wearing very skin tight uniforms where you can see every little line of their muscles. Um, Now they might not be showing as much skin as a lot of female heroes do, but it's just kind of like, yeah, but their uniforms are basically plant, you know, painted on. So it's not like it leaves a whole lot to the imagination um yeah so i know i i know when women's uniforms in particular get a lot of discussion but it's like you know you you can't bring you you to me like you can't do it justice without talking about how it's like yeah they might be showing a lot of skin but like men are wearing these tight uniforms too where you can see every little line and you know it's like you don't think when people you, you know it's like people that are attracted to men whether they're male or female are looking at uh, somebody that's jacked like that in a skin tight uniform. You don't think that makes their imagination go crazy too. So yeah. it's, it, again, it's just when it comes to, you know, it's like, uh, p- please don't misunderstand this. The way that women have been drawn in comics and their uniforms for the most part have greatly been, you know, overly sexualized and they're and objectified. But don't think, and you know, the only reason why men's uniforms don't get brought up is because for the longest time, a majority of comic book readers and 
uh, watcher, you know, watchers of these movies and that sort of stuff are m- largely male. So we don't, you know, like we largely don't get anything from that. We don't particularly care. We care more about what the females look like. Um, but now that these things are becoming more and more mainstream and that, you know, both genders are able to enjoy it. Don't think that they can't get get something out, you know, like that. It's like, you don't think that people like they're not objectifying. It's like, think about, you know, it's like, think about all the women that go absolutely bonkers for Chris Hemsworth as Thor and how I don't know if I can't remember if in Ragnarok he was shirtless, but I know the first two Thors he was at some point. And it's like, you don't think people, you know, the women weren't going gaga over him. Um, so it's just, you know, it, it, it's it's something that needs to be discussed when it comes to superhero uniforms and generals is kind of like, uh, where's the practicality of the suit? Yeah. Um, so especially like, especially thing too, the thing too, like with cosplay becoming so much more as a part of our society and culture, it's just like, you know, a lot of the, a lot of people's cosplays are these like skin tight, uh, suits. And it's kind of like, and again, it's like, I'm, you know, uh, you know, as you see these people on social media and stuff like that, it's like that really doesn't leave a whole lot to the imagination as to what you look like. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and they're, and they are emulating to the T what some of these people's, uh, unif- costumes and uniforms look like. And it's just kind of like, um, it's not just a, it's just, not, it's not just a female thing. It's a male thing too. Uh, but again, it's not something that gets talked about a whole lot. Anyways. Um, let's get back to the show. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, listen, we could we could talk about the objectification of heroes and, and particularly women characters for a lot uh, for a, a while. Um, but anyway, so the um, but that might be something that'd be good for email if someone wants to send in an email about that. Um, uh, so one of the things that I love about uh, this particular episode is how. And once again, proving just how intelligent Aizawa is. Um, you see him sneaking around and um, figuring out who needs to be paired with whom. And then, um, you know, and then Aizawa and the, uh, the teachers, all the teachers getting together. He's like, all right, this is what I want. And I love this about UA because they're like, people aren't even really pushing back on who Aizawa is selecting. They're like, okay, your discretion is like, you're their homeroom teacher. You know what they're really needing. Like, I, I love this about the, the school system. Um, I feel like UA is a much better school than Hogwarts. Um, but I won't get into that because I can go off on Hogwarts for a while on how bad of a school that actually is listen don't remember love harry potter hogwarts is a terrible school <laughs> um mm-hmm. uh anyways so I, I love seeing that and how he he's he put a lot of thought into this and i just think that's just really incredible um and uh and so it's and principal nezu makes a, a an appearance I love it when he shows up, um, especially the fact that he was hiding in Aizawa's like scarf thing, and all of like you know he starts 
shuffling as he starts speaking and then he pops up and I'm like, oh, that's adorable. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a fan. I'm always a fan of whenever uh, uh, Principal Nezu shows up because he's he's just a very interesting character. Um, one of the things that actually really surprised me, it, what I liked, one of the things that I liked about in this episode is that it actually showed where everybody ranked after the midterms and how well they did on, mm-hmm. in school and stuff like that. And uh, so there wasn't much of a surprise as to who the top two were and that uh, Yao Yorozu was number one and uh, um, Ida was number two. The big surprise to me is that Baku goes number three. Um, so I know he can come, comes across as a hothead and, uh, and a huge jerk, but he's also, and it's just like very, he's very naturally skilled and he's very naturally skilled as a fighter, but these midterm exams involved school. And so yeah, it, to me, what I really like, <laughs> yeah, regular, yeah, regular school. It's not just like hero stuff. It's, you know, it's like math. It's, um, literature, it's grammar, literature, history, that sort of stuff. And he, he came out number three. So it's just kind of like, um, obviously he, you know, his biggest concern is becoming the best hero, but that just shows like how, for one, it, it, we already knew he was intelligent, but he's actually also book smart. Um, yeah. And he, so, yeah. So I just really like that because it shows it, it, it's just, it's just these very quick moments. It shows just how much, how much he takes it serious that he wants to be the best. Yeah. And they, if you pay attention in the anime and, you know, especially like, you know, we've been doing this, you know, one episode at a time, really taking these apart, but then also reading the manga um, as well, you, there are some hints laid out in the very beginning that Bakugo is actually a good student. Um, he's just a terrible person. Um and uh, so there, so him being three, you know, being a good student wasn't a surprise, but being number three, that's the shocker. But he, you know, he wants, like just what you're saying, he wants to be number one. And so academics plays a part in that. So he's going to go at being um, number one as hard as he can be. Um, and so actually one of my big shocker was, um Asui being sixth. Um, so the 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 so Yayorozu was number one, Ida's number two, Bakugo is number three, then Midoriya was number four, and then and Todoroki is, five. Is, no, is number five. That one kind of surprised surprised me because I actually really thought that Todoroki was gonna be number three, um, just because of this pampering, but you know, he's number five. So that just goes to show just actually how gifted all the others are too because Todoroki's no slouch when it comes to academics but then number six was Asui and I was like oh okay um awesome she's intelligent too and um uh and so then you know everyone else was just kind of it's kind of like a mixed bag of everyone else because they just don't matter I think Mineta Mineta being number nine was a surprise yeah i agree but but yeah so um so yeah so that's one of the things that i really liked and then also you know then like it 
showing like Todoroki's rank of number five, you know, it's like because everybody's like, oh no, I haven't didn't really study all that much for the midterm, and now we got the final exams. I don't know, and it's like, I mean, it's I love that Todoroki's kind of it's really not that hard if you just pay attention, and it's just kind of like so matter of factly. I just really like, um, yeah, and 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 speaking of the, the continuing with the ranking discussion. Now, Kaminari being the bottom, he's, he was number 20, right? Um, right. That wasn't all that surprising because he's never really been depicted as intelligent. Uh, but Ashido kind of also surprised me at being the next bottom. But she's, uh, but it kind of makes sense when you really kind of think about it. She's so free spirited that she just doesn't take the time to study. That's probably right. what it more of is that she might actually be more intelligent if she puts the effort in. Um, mm-hmm. But you know. well, in all honesty, that's kind of how it is for everybody. It's like you know, it's like if you find yourself lacking academically, you know, that just means you have to work a little harder. Um, and to me, she, to me, Ashido is just more like the she's the you know she's the pretty popular girl that just doesn't. She's more concerned about. You know, it's like, and she's made this kind of known throughout other times. Like, she's more concerned about fashion and popularity, and and that sort of stuff. Um, so it, you know, it doesn't. It honestly doesn't surprise me at how I'm surprised that she was 19 because uh, there's some of the people in there that I have very low opinions of. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm looking at you, I, I, Ayama. Ayama. Um, but he was 18, so that you know, yeah. I expected, honestly, I expected him to be number 20, um, even over common, uh, even with Kaminari. Um, I did like when they addressed us, like, you didn't do that well either. I was like, what are you talking about? I was like, oh, oh, that's funny. So that, that's the funny thing with Aoyama is that, I mean, he's, he's a, I don't like his character all that much, but like when they really play him up, like it's it's enjoyable like the at the end of the usj stuff they're like is anyone gonna ask me where i where i was they're like oh well all right fine he's you've mentioned this several times like all right where were you he's like it's a secret i was like oh <laughs> yes <laughs> that's the stuff i like about him everything else i can lose um aka he was hiding the entire time oh yeah oh definitely that definitely have to be what he was doing um I like when the practical exam, uh, they tell the students what the practical exam is. And they're like, and he was like, oh, and I love present Mike. He is awesome. He's great. Um, and one of the things that I like about him is that he totally roasts the students. He's like, And is like, yeah, this exam is going to be awful for you guys because we're so much better than you. And mm-hmm. Jiro's like, what? Aren't you just like the announcer? Um, <laughs> <laughs> gosh, I love that. Um, and so this is one of the funny things. We'll see. Um, we'll see actually just kind of, we'll, and not to spoil anything, but we're, I mean, the cement toss in this episode, we get to just the um, understanding of that okay, the teachers actually know what they're doing um, and you guys should be in trouble. And honestly, out of everyone, Cementos is one of the few that I would be like, I really don't want to go against. You know, obviously, depending on my quirk. 
Um, but right. I would be like, and especially when you th- it was like, dang it, we're in a city and we're mm-hmm. fighting Cementos. No, thank you. Let's run. <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. Well, because again, they're, you know, it's like, and because again, they're all vying to try and be number one. So it's like, okay, so obviously we'll get more points if we capture him. It's like, okay, so let's go at him head, to- head first and uh, try and beat him. So instead of putting any thought or strategy into it, um, yeah, this, it's just their their strategy was was not good at all. Um, like in all honesty, they would have tr- been better off trying to cause a distraction of some kind uh, and trying to do a little bit of a sneak attack if possible. Yeah. Um, but because especially at where they at they are at in their their control of their quirks, they don't have the endurance to match somebody like Cementos. Yeah. um I, you know that, i'll be honest in that environment yeah cor- correct um I, i'll tell you what cementos probably wouldn't want anything to do with todoroki no because no. i you know i think i think their their powers are probably um the the level to which their powers go is probably very similar yeah um, um so it, who else would be bad for although Cementos. i think so although cementos i don't think he generates it it's his ability to manipulate what's there so yeah, that does make so him too. a little that that does make him a little different from todoroki because todoroki's is all about a it's a pyrokinesis and a cryokinesis um, so he creates it um yeah no he only manipulates it because they had to pump the cement in uh, whenever the 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 arena was destroyed they had to pump it in so he can manipulate it Right, yeah, um, but I, but I tell you what, that that would be I I would pay to see that fight. I would love to see Cementos and Todoroki go at it. I think that'd be an amazing fight. Yeah, um, but again, that's there's and then when we get to the Todoroki and Yayurozu, um battle, we'll see part of the you know saying it. Although it's already been explained a little bit, uh, but we'll get to see it even more fleshed out, and it's actually really good. It's actually a really good fight. I really enjoy it. Um, mm. I know shocker, right? That I would like yeah. a Todoroki heavy thing. Um, shocker. Yeah. Um, well, and uh, I mean, and obviously, I'm going to like the Asui one. Like, and and this uh, her final exam, and that's going to be in the next episode. Um, help me even more like the character more and we'll get into that when that comes up but anyway so but these like you said also that these next few episodes are quite enjoyable uh and one of the things that i do appreciate about it is that there's there's not a looming threat like this is just what student life is like at ua high school or being in the hero course at other schools now ua is the best so obviously they they're all their stuff is the biggest and grandest and, and alike. So at other schools, it might not be quite that much um, at much lesser known hero schools and stuff like that. Um, but it's one of those things that, you know, I um, really enjoyed just seeing what their everyday life is like. And, and there's like, and there's just no pressure. And I like that. I really do. Yeah. All right. So our uh, biblical theme for this episode comes from Second Corinthians chapter twelve, verses nine through ten. 
And it says, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses and in insults and in hardships and persecutions and difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Uh, so this uh, scripture really kind of spoke out uh, basically really at the, the very end of this episode. Uh did this really kind of this biblical verse and theme really kind of come out? And uh, because uh, as we were talking about with this episode, Midori is talking with recovery girl, watching the first uh, practical exam of Kirishima and, and um, Sato uh, and how they lose. And he realizes that they, you know, the students were pitted against teachers that they would have a hard time with. And so for them to be able to win, there's the, the course is specifically designed for them to overcome their weakness. That's the only way for them to win. And so, um, and so overcoming weakness, recognizing you. So the first thing you have to do is you have to recognize you have one. And so this scripture is coming from Paul. He's writing to the church in Corinth. And this is the this is part of the, the scripture that everyone you know kind of knows about where Paul uh, mentions that he has a thorn in his side. And so, you know, he you know, asks God, you know, to remove this thorn. And so and and so this is God responding to Paul saying, you know, my grace is sufficient for you for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. So, yes. Yeah, so each, each person, every person has weaknesses and strengths, stuff that they're good at, stuff that they're bad at. Um, and so uh, we as Christians know that we can rely on God to cover our weaknesses. Uh, and so we should boast and, and, and be glad like, you know what I'm able to do, I'm able to overcome this weakness because of God or because of putting someone in your life uh, that God put into your life that helps you overcome these things. Um, and, you know, as I've said multiple times, I'm a pastor um, and I'm in a, I'm in a pastor of a church that's big enough that we have, that I have, an administrative assistant and she helps me get a lot more stuff done than I have before because administration is one of my weaker areas um, as a pastor. And so she helps me do better. Um, my wife um, compliments me so well, like she, she has strengths that I'm not good at um, and she enjoys doing um, and, and, and I wouldn't be who I am today without my wife. Um, she, I mean, she makes me a better person because her strengths, although we have similar, we have some similar strengths, she has some different strengths than me too. And she makes me better because of that. And, and so God will put people, can put people in your life that can make up for your weaknesses. And if, you can't think of anyone off the top of your head. It's like, well, they might be good at that. 
to cover one of your weaknesses, seek those people out, seek someone out to, to kind of help cover your weaknesses, especially when you're partnering in ministry and things like that, um, because you're not going to be good at everything. And that's okay. Uh, as Paul's already telling you, telling us in this scripture, he's not good at everything either. Uh, in fact, he delights in being weak and receiving the insults, the hardships, the persecutions, the difficulties, because when he is weak and when he relies on Christ, he is strong. And so that's, that's what something I want to encourage everyone to be in that, you know, life is going, can be difficult, but um, we're able to come through Christ and grow. And so for me, one of the things that I think, you know, and Patrick, you talked about this a little bit, I think is, Something that's very important for us to understand about ourselves. And I, I've, I've talked about this a, a few times throughout the show and uh, the different episodes. Um, but self-awareness is something that is so important. I think that's for our walk and for our faith with, in Christ is, is the, for our ability to um, look in the mirror and be like, wow, I'm, I need help in the, in these areas. I'm not great at this. You know, just like how you're talking about, it's like you have an administrative assistant and what that assistant does for you is it helps you keep, you know, uh, your appointments together, uh, helps you keep, be aware of what's needed to be done and that sort of stuff. And to help you with that. And especially since you've never had one before, now you're more, a more efficient pastor than you have been in the past. And so it's just, you know, and then, you know, because there are there definitely are people that walk around in this world today and not, and, you know, not just people of faith, but just people in general that think that their poop don't stink, you know, and it's just kind of like um, it, it, we we all have flaws. We all have areas that we it could we could really use to get better and get better and and not just be um, recognizing where we have flaws. And um, I know for me, one of the things that, especially when it comes to person-to-person interaction, I really try to make a point of being like, oh, I'm making this person feel uncomfortable. Or I I told a joke that um, I didn't realize, or I thought was funny, but turns out it wasn't funny. Um, and in fact, they're actually offended by what I said. Uh, so I, I actually, you know, it was one of the things that I struggled with at first when I first started getting into ministries. I have a very sarcastic and snarky sense of humor and not everybody reacts well to that. Uh, so I picked up on it and worked it, adjusted it and, and pulled it back. Um, you know, I have, I don't, I haven't completely eliminated sarcasm or being snarky um, from my sense of humor but I've tried to be careful about, especially when I first meet people of uh, doing that to them, because it doesn't always go over well, especially when they don't know me very well. Um, and, you know, until they start to understand that I make, you know, I tease everybody and I'm generally sarcastic and you shouldn't take me all that seriously. Um, but any, anyways, um, so it's, it's just something that I think is very important for us to understand. And then it's, you know, so like with, with including with what Paul's talking about here, you know, it's just like, well, how in the world is it possible for when you're, when I'm weak, then I'm strong. 
when you know what's your weekend, you can set you can set the appropriate measures or guards into place to prevent you from from those becoming a problem. Um, and it, you know, it's like, it's, you know, when you look at like the 12 steps programs, when dealing with, uh, addictions, it's like the first step is in admitting you have an issue, um, is admitting that you have a problem. So you can't fix a problem until you acknowledge it. Um, so there you can be strong. So it's like, oh man, you know, so let's just, let's talk academics here a little bit. Um, you know, let's say you're really bad at math. I, I get that one a lot when I, when I, as I'm, as I'm a co I coach high school kids, a lot of them don't, are not big fans of math. And, um, I personally am a big fan of math. I enjoy it. Um, but one of the things that when they acknowledge it's like, okay, well then you need tutoring, uh, cause you probably need to seek that out in order to get your passing grades. Because if you want to continue to play for our team, you have to meet certain academic standards in order to, uh, be able to participate. And so, um, it's, it, you know, it's like, that's, that's where you can be strong. And it's just like, okay, I know I have these weaknesses. Um, it's like, let's, you know, like the, one of the, 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 the biggest metaphor out there is the Achilles heel, you know? So you look at the Greek story of Achilles and, and that he was invulnerable everywhere, except for his, the tendon on his heel, the Achilles heel. Uh, and that's what actually led to his downfall and ultimately his death. Um, so if he had recognized more about where that weakness was, like I would have been wearing much thicker, you know, plated boots that he didn't have that that wasn't exposed. So he could be taken out and beaten, um, you know, protect what's protect your weaknesses. Um, so it's just something that, um, I think it's something that's very important for us to recognize. All right, Frank, uh, how would you rate this episode? This might be a surprise rating, but I'm going to give it a five. Really? Yeah. Um, because everything that happened in this episode was good. I wouldn't like I really can't think of a way to change any of it, you know? And, mm -hmm. um, and so for me, that kind of makes it a five episode um, because the, the, the student stuff is great. Um, the classmate stuff is great. Um, I, and it, it was very brief and very short in which, you know, because it's not a, it's not one of the important final exam um, showings, but the Kirishima and Sato um, was fun. Like I I I actually always love seeing Sato sugar up or sugar rush or whatever he calls it um, and beef up. Like it 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 makes me laugh because um, it's great, especially once we get to the movie um, uh, Heroes Rising. It's it's even better than <laughs> it's great. Um, but anyway, so um, yeah, I, I just, I, I really honestly can't think of a way to improve the episode at all. Um, so I'm going to give it a five. What about you? How, how are, how are you going to rate the episode? Um, that's actually a very convincing argument. Um, I wasn't going to give it a five. Um, I was actually going to give it a four just because, um, 
I don't know. I think I would have liked to have seen just for this episode. And I know it's a time constraint thing and, you know, wanting to make it the a show, you know, show a half hour. Um, I would have liked to have seen one more pairing. Um, not just, especially because the Sato Kirishima fight was ultimate was ultimately kind of a letdown and that it really, there really wasn't a whole lot to it. Um, you know, they, you know, again, they're, they're, they're foolhardy kids or, you know, they're still new. Like, and I, and I forget this, especially because I've been watching, you know, it's like, I'm, I'm up to date on the show. I'm up to date on the manga. Um, so I know where some of these, these heroes are going to be and what they're going to, um, how they're going to progress. So when you, going back and watching these episodes can be a little hard because it's like, oh my gosh, you're such an idiot. Um, I can't wait for another season or two when you actually get a brain in your head. Um, but <laughs> yeah. no, that's, yeah, um, that's true. Uh, so that, to me, that's the only thing that w- was a little disappointing is that um, when you end an episode, at least give us an exciting fight um, or an exciting pairing. Because t- to me, especially with the way that this went, this is it's a throwaway you're not even really gonna you're not even gonna really remember it um so i don't know it's like and i get why it's you know it's like you know for the for the sake of the story bakugo and midoriya's fight is going to be last um 100 understand why and totally makes sense um and it's going to be good oh my gosh i can't wait till we get to it um but to me, this is it, the 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 fight was just kind of oh they didn't really think this through and they just trying to punch everything. Way to yeah. go, guys! Um, so that's <laughs> well, only so to me that's the only thing that you know that ta- that takes away from it um, is and, and like I said earlier in, in our in our episode, um, I enjoyed all of the character moments. I love this. I love the school stuff. Um, the rivalries, all that stuff. I love all that. Yeah. And, you know, and the other thing, you know, just to continue my, you know, my argument for being a five, um, you have to remember Kirishima and Sato are at the bottom of the midterm. So it's already proven and, and set that neither one of them is bright. Um, and so uh, anyway, so, but I mean, well, they're in the bottom ten. They're in the bottom ten. Not, I don't remember specifically where they wound up. Kirishima was um, I think fourteen. Was, oh, we was, he was fourteen. He was, I was fourteen. Either thirteen or fourteen. Sato might have been thirteen. I don't. I don't remember what his rank was, but Kirishima was fourteen. Uh, so, anyhow. Um, yeah, and, and again, they they haven't shown that they've been. They're highly intelligent. In fact, Bak, you see in this episode, Baka Baka go. Um, berating Kirishima when he's helping him prepare for the uh, the for the exam for the written exam so oh, yeah, you, you're, you're right you're, you're right he they're not they're not the brightest bulbs in the bunch um but uh, again it's just it's more frustrating just to use especially since I know where Kirishima is going like they don't Sato isn't Sato is near the bottom of the class in terms of uh, how much screen time they get Kirishima's higher up, especially because of his connection with Bakugo. 
Um, yeah. But uh, so we get to see a little bit more of hit uh, of him. He's, you know, and overall, Kirishima is a very, it, he is, Kirishima is actually a very popular character uh, from the show. Um, so anyways, um, so anybody with questions for us about any of our biblical lessons that we've talked about in this episode or, or any of other are that were, uh, that were, or any other questions that we discussed that you want to discuss ranging from anime comics or just anything in general, general, please feel free to email us at frickety talkback at gmail.com or reach out to us on Twitter at frickety F or at frickety frack on Instagram and fa- and Facebook. Uh, hopefully you guys enjoyed today's episode. We enjoyed making it. Um, I hope that you guys come away feeling encouraged to strengthen your weaknesses and recognize that in weakness, you can become strong. Um, know that God loves you. We love you. And remember to always go beyond plus ultra. I'm not